You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joining with Reed Bacon. We've got a great one today. Uh, we are picking out our four most important players going into the season. I don't know what Reed's is, and he doesn't know what mine are, so that's fun. Uh, we also decided, what are the biggest keys to success for this team? We don't know each other's. We don't know what route we took. That's what's the fun part about this. It's kind of open-ended, but love having a nice conversation about the, the Vols heading into 23. Uh, before we get into any of that, if you guys are watching, please like and subscribe. Hit that notification bell and leave comments on the Rocky Top Insider page. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, at Pancakes and Bacon for our main account on Twitter, at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram, uh, at rbacon26 for Reed's Twitter if you want to follow him there. Uh, at Kyler Kerbison for myself on all social medias. So check me out there. Really fun. Um, but yeah, let's just uh, hop into this podcast real quick. Reed, how we doing, bud? Kyler, happy Monday. Uh, good to see you. I'm excited for this. Um, I had a great weekend. I know you did as well. Let's get into it. I yeah. want to. I want. And, and, and one other thing too, and before we go into keys to success, we have to. I, I want to do my definition of success because all of our definitions of success could be a little bit different for, okay. for all the certain fans. So I've got a note of that, but make sure I hit that. Uh, let's jump into this. It's most important players for this University of Tennessee football team. Uh, we didn't do one through four. It's just four players. It can be offense, defense, special teams. Dun, 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 dun. Kyler, your first most important player. So I I have four. I have one that's pretty chalky, so I'm going to leave him for last. Um, but the first one I want to bring up, and a multitude of reasons why this man is the most important, and it's Aaron Beasley. On the defensive side of the ball, he is the leader. He's the one who has the most snaps under his belt. He's the one putting everybody in place. It doesn't matter if it's Amari, if it's Kamal, if it's Danico, if it's Tyler Barron. Aaron Beasley is the leader of that defense. Um, it's also the fact that, you know, we talk about Keenan Pillai. We talk about Karat Garland. We talk about Aaron Carter. We talk about these other linebackers. But there is an obvious difference. There is an obvious drop when you think Aaron Beasley – his skill set, the plays he makes on the field, and those other guys. There's an obvious. When you're playing on the video game, you got a 92 overall Aaron Beasley, and every other linebacker is about an 81. It's like it, it's a big difference. So he feels like such an important part on that defensive structure that if if something were to happen to him, that makes me very nervous on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I, I know we talked about all throughout the offseason, you know, who's going to step on interior D-line, I think was like our biggest worry 
heading into the offseason because we felt like we did have a lot of depth at linebacker. And I would say I'm still on board with that. But, man, am I going to be demoralized if Aaron Beasley wasn't out there. If we were refreshed, starting all new linebackers, I would be very worried about what this team's going to look like because I just haven't seen them. I don't know. So Aaron Beasley, by far, one of the most important players on this team. So <laughs> funny you say that. I, I love Aaron. I don't know of anyone that doesn't like Aaron Beasley. He's he's almost like a, that underdog story because he's a little bit smaller in stature. Going yeah. into last year, there was other guys that you would hear about more, Jeremy Banks, even Jawan Mitchell. And you oh, got this pub, sure. and then Aaron's just like, hey, guys, like I'm going to show up. I'm going to ball. I'm going to do my thing, and I'm going to be really, really productive as I do it. My, my – I'm throwing a little wrench in here. Okay. He – Aaron Beasley is one of the most important players for, for this team. I, I, I get that. My avenue of most important players is – who do for, for what I'm looking at is who's important is sometimes not going to be the household name that we know what we're going to get. If Aaron Beasley is healthy and uh, gets to play all year, you and I, and basically all of ball nation knows what we're going to get from him. We're going to get really, really good sound linebacker play. Yeah. So you, so you went for it as like, who are those players that can just turn that tick just a little bit more yeah, and really just, get us over the edge where it's not the eleven and two; it's the thirteen and zero. It's the yes, except for the fact that it, they could help us get to eleven and two. Because my we'll get to my success keys for success for the season here in a little mm. bit. But like, I'll just go ahead and say it: I'm going to be really happy with a with a nine to ten win year. I I really really feel like this team has a chance to be really good. But I also feel like last year's team kind of had that almost lightning in a bottle team of destiny. And that's what I'm excited to see about this year is like, okay, this is, this is another year of coach hypo. Like was yeah. last year, a kind of a team of destiny um, slash catch it in a bottle. An amazing year uh, with basically really just one slip up, um, you know, and I want to, and I, I want to see how that goes this year, but if we get nine or 10 wins this year, maybe 11 again with a bowl win, like that, that's a massive success for me. So anyways, yeah. My actually is most important player is a position, and it's actually the linebacker spot next to Aaron Beasley. And Aaron Beasley is so good and so accountable. I looked at this today when I was doing my workout and my walk. I thought about it kind of like when we were in high school, and it's like you already know the players going into the next year who who are going to be good that you can count on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know, it's either, hey, this guy's going to be a sophomore to a junior. You know he's going to keep progressing. He's going to be good. Hey, this guy's going to be a senior. He's been a player for a long time. So it's like, who's that guy that maybe didn't get a chance to play the year before for whatever the case may be? Is he going to be able to step in and play as well as the person next to him or from the year before? So mine is the opposite linebacker spot, the opposite inside linebacker spot of Aaron Beasley is, I think, one of the most important players on the team. So – is that going to be Keenan Peely or Keenan Peely? I was very, very upfront and honest uh, about my opinion uh, of, of Keenan. Um, I thought what I saw from his film, from what I watched when he was at BYU last year, it, it was pretty atrocious. Like, And that's not being mean. That's like, I, I, did, I, I can't sit here and say like, oh, it wasn't bad. Like, no, like I watched three extended highlight games, uh, extended highlights of these games. And it was it was bad, it, it, yeah. and I called and told you that. So, 
then when we went to practice in the spring, uh, his physical, um, his physical, his physical, he, he, he's a physical specimen in a way. Like he looks like a good mm-hmm. middle, middle linebacker, SEC linebacker, college linebacker. I mean, good size. I felt like in his drills, like if he was going up one-on-one against somebody, it was kind of child's play. It was like, go up, hit, engage, throw him. And it was just kind of like, Hey, like this, this guy's a grown man. He's on a different level, but then he would get into team drills and I didn't see that translate as much. It was really weird to me. And so is it going to be him? Is it going to be Elijah Herring? And the guy that's getting all the pub, um, you know, coming out of, out of camp is an Arian Carter, which, you know, I talked to Ryan today for Ryan and I talked on the phone today, like 30, 40 minutes, like we were two little schoolgirls and we were talking and, about, you know, uh, what he's been seeing over at practice when he's there and some of the different articles he's been writing and stuff. And I said, is it, is it real with, like, with Arian Carter, like, size-wise, look-wise? He goes, Reed, like, he goes, when I first saw him, I was like, holy crap, like, who's that? Like, this guy's looking like already a junior in, yeah. in college. So I said, okay, that's great. I mean, because part of the freshman is are they ready physically? And it, so if he's got that part, then the only other thing that he has to pick up is – is the game plan being in the right spot? Yeah, and so, and, and that's so, the part that worries me a lot more with freshmen, just in general. Yeah, you can have the body, but like this, right? Uh, that that it always worries me. I don't care what position it is. When a coach is like, "Yeah, we're starting a freshman," I'm like, "Huh, okay." Well, the other team knows that too. Yeah, like if yeah. I'm a, if I'm a guard and I know I'm going against a freshman linebacker, like I'm going to make it difficult for him on purpose. There, there's a, there's no substitute for experience. There's yeah. really not. So, anyways, mine is, and, and and like we talked about on the last pod, like this team likes to rotate. They do. They like to rotate, and so it's okay. Peely, what are we going to get from you? Elijah Herring, what are we going to get from you? Is it Arian Carter? Like, you know, who who is going to be that 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 side piece? Who's going to yeah. be who's going to be the running mate with Aaron Beasley? So, anyways. That's one of that's my first number one. So I wish I knew if they called him Mike, Sam, Will, whatever the case may be. But anyways, the linebacker opposite of Aaron Beasley is a thousand percent one of the most important players in my eyes. I agree with you. I, I like that. It's almost like we're going down the same avenue, but yeah, it's a little bit different because in your eyes, it's okay. Who else besides Aaron Beasley can get this done? And in my eyes, it's the same thing, but. If Aaron Beasley wasn't there, who else would be able yeah. to get this done? Like that's that was the way I looked at it. Like, oh God, like what else would happen if Aaron wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. And I try to take out like injuries, like or, or like you know we're living in a perfect world. We're on Madden. We switch yeah. off. Meaning, if Aaron Beasley gets to play all year, like I I know what he is, and he's going to be a really good player. I don't see him being able to really elevate and take a whole nother step because if that's the case. That means he's playing out of this world because that's how good he was last year. So, yeah. I mean, second in the team in sacks, first in the team in tackles, like the guy's a beast. Yeah. And and the only other thing is, too, and I do want to see where and I want to see where they play him. This is the last thing I'll say is last year he was getting to play weak inside. And people don't understand that when you're playing the weak inside, it is it is. You know, the other linebackers one that he's going up and, and, and kind of shooting the gaps, take on a guard. And so you can kind of scrape over the top and you get some freebies because that's what I got to play in high school. And I can promise you when I was weak side inside, there's a lot more uh, yeah. freedom and less traffic than when it's like 
your strong side, they're probably running your way. So you're going to have to eat up that guard and hope that your buddy does his job. Yeah. Nice, nice uh, pad assisted tackle stat on there too. <laughs> Just like, Oh yeah, I jumped on the pile. That's an assist. <laughs> what are you saying, Kyle? <laughs> uh, all right. Who's your number? Maybe you shouldn't hit me in the back anymore, Reed. Yeah. What, who's your number two? Uh, okay. Number two on the offensive side of the ball. I was on the fence about picking an offensive lineman. Um, thinking through that, you know, we've already made a lot of statements about that guard position that's empty, about trying to figure out someone there. But I didn't know the person who would be there. I had I had some thoughts. Um, I also didn't know who was going to play left tackle between Mincy and Crawford. It could be either one of them. So I didn't want to go that route. By the way, by the way, let me just say, I did ask Ryan today and I said, hey, is it, you know, Kyle and I both like Mincy and Crawford a lot, but is it really John? Um, Campbell. Yeah, John Campbell that's solidified left. And he goes, Reed, for the little bit that we get to see, he goes, it is pretty much John on left and the other two on right. So I'm just letting you know that. Okay. Um, so that might have changed my pick if I knew John was there. But anyways, we'll keep going. In the wide receiver room, I thought about the wide receiver, but – we had conversations before about how that room is stacked. You really don't know who's going to be that number one guy yet. Like it could be anybody. If I say Ramel Keaton, it's like, well, Ramel could go down and brew and squirrel and dark, like all the, I look at the running back room and we talk. Yes, we do have a lot of depth, but I think the drop off is in between number two and number three. And that's Jalen Wright and Dylan Sampson. I like Dylan a lot, but Jalen is obviously the better back. He has had his fumble issues in the past, but Jalen being a solidified, good running back for Tennessee, I felt like that was more important. When 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 Jabari eventually has his little ankle roll, he has a game and a half, maybe he's out. He's not getting many touches because it's happened the past two years. Right. Who's stepping in and stepping up to the plate? It's Jalen Wright. It has to be Jalen Wright. In the past, we didn't we didn't have that confidence in him, right? He had a bunch of fumbles in 2021. He actually did a lot better last year in, in regards to fumbles. But it's still nervous when he's out there. Is he going to make a pass protection block? Is he going to hold on to the football? But then you see flash plays. You see the hurdle versus Kentucky. You see the 80-yard run versus Vandy. You're like, bro, this guy has such a high ceiling. Like, if he can take advantage of that, it's going to be so much more beneficial to this team. And it goes into one of my keys to success. Him picking him as a key player. I just feel that that drop between two and three is a good amount. And I I need Jalen Wright to actually step up and be as good as he can be because I don't feel like he's hit his full potential yet. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I feel you. I thought about the running room, running back room a lot. I, I would probably disagree in the fact that I – Man, whether it's Jabari, whether it's Jalen, whether it's Dylan, and maybe it's another young guy, 
I feel like we're going to get some really solid production out of it. Uh, enough production that that we're it, it, enough production that we're going to win games, uh, or meaning they're not going to be reasons we lose games. And and that's because, and this is not an attack on them. I don't feel like there's an elite player in there. I feel like they're all good, but there, there's not a there's not a Jamar Gibbs in there that's like, hey, if 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 he goes down, then there is a drop off. And but I get where you're I get where you're coming from. You yeah. feel like there is that drop. I, I personally don't. I maybe there's a little bit of one, but not enough for me that I think it was enough to say, hey, they're one of my more important players. But I totally get where you're coming from. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the defensive backfield. A lot of talk has been around the corners. Um, mm-hmm. I I know where the, the pass defense was as a whole last year, and a, a lot of secondary people – or the secondary gets knocked for that. Hey, there's a lot of other people that are involved in pass protection. You know, what yeah. was what was what was the rush like? Were, were they having to hold on back there for a long time? What were the linebackers doing? We played a lot of zone against a Bama and a Georgia – I mean, Bama and Florida because they wanted to keep – uh, they wanted to keep the game in front of them, and they wanted to make sure to keep eyes on Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young. And so, there a lot of times we had everything covered down uh, downfield by a defensive back, but then they would throw one to Jamar Gibbs and he'd get forty five yards. So a lot so, of scrambling too. Right, right. So, so there's so, and that was my little soapbox moment to be like, hey, I, I I get the statistics, but go back and watch some of the games. Like I said on here multiple times, there's guys that were making catches. You just tip your cap, like, hey, they're scholarship guys too. They're high level receivers. But if, if a guy's got his hand here or here and they just make it, it, it happens. So the reason I'm going to go to defensive back is I'm going to go with Tamarian McDonald. Okay. And the reason and the reason I'm going to Marion is because I feel very confident that he is going to be um the other safety back there with Tank. Mm-hmm. Tank is what he is and who he is. He's a solid player. Once again, I do not see him taking a jump to going from good and solid to elite. I just don't see that's in it. I don't. I don't see that that's a possibility for him. And I don't know who the corners are going to be. They're probably going to rotate a ton. You know, um, I I think that star position is one of the easiest positions to play. Meaning pr- yeah. production production wise, we've talked about this before. And so I feel like if we can have a difference maker and if Tamarian can be better than Trey Flowers was last year, mm-hmm. like I said, if, if Tamarian's the one that's back there and if he can step up and be a better player playmaking-wise, uh, talent-wise, all that stuff, then I think that could be really, really beneficial for the University of Tennessee. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, I like that. I, I kind of stayed away from the DB room because of my thought process where you were talking about your corners. Like, you don't know who they are, but all of them seem serviceable. Like, I, like I was like, I couldn't figure out who would be the most important corner. So right. I felt like I can't pick one of those guys. Right. I like what you're saying about Tamarian. It's also like we haven't seen him at safety yet. Like, we saw him at star. Maybe he got a little bit of playing time and, like – in certain games when guys got hurt or anything like that, but it wasn't like his solidified position. So now it is like, Hey, you're the starting safety. You're going to be back there the whole game. Uh, You know, they might bump you up into a zone and like, I, I, yeah, I am with you on that. I feel that in the thing with Trey flowers from last year, is it, it like he was a roller coaster. He'd get a pick and then he'd get jumped over and he'd get a sack and then he'd absolutely just miss a tackle. So it was like 
up and down, up and down, up and down. If we're, if it's consistent, if it's just consistency from Tamarian, like, thank you. Just just be further back than everybody else. Don't don't let a ball go over your head, and I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. So I like that. I like that. Next um, one. Yeah. Number three, my third guy, not not in any order. Uh, back onto the defensive side of the ball, and I am leaning on this guy because, gosh, does he have experience? Gosh, can he play multiple positions? And can he actually get guys in the right spot? And it's Tyler Barron. Tyler Barron being able to play D end, being able to play three technique, being able to rush the passer, being able to run stop. The the knowledge that he brings to the room, I, I think he has to be the leader of that room. I know Big Amari Thomas is a good playmaker, and he he probably does try and lead that room. But in my eyes, Tyler Barron's a leader. He knows every position. He knows what the three technique the knows. Both the ends are doing on every play. He's a guy that, hey, if a freshman's got a question, he's coming over to Tyler. He's asking Tyler Barron, what's, what, what do I do on this? So him being out there on the field and helping those guys that are going to be the other defensive linemen that we've been like, who is this going to be? Is it going to be Elijah eventually? Is it going to be Tyree West? Is it going to be, you know, all of those guys? They're going to look. I know it. They're going to be down that three-point stance, and they're they're going to get a call, and they're going to go like this and look at Tyler, and Tyler's going to have to tell him what to do. Like, that will happen. So having Tyler out there in his experience and all the positions he's been able to play, like, that is very valuable for just, like, a unit in general. And I love his skill set. I love that he's an in-betweener. I love that he can play defensive end and rush a tackle and also come in at a three technique and actually absolutely work a guard. Yeah. So I, I think I think Tyler's definitely an important key part of this defense. Uh, I'm going to stay right there with you, and I'm going Tyler. Um, there's a couple of reasons why. So I thought about edge rushers on this one a lot because the, the, you have to replace a Byron Young. So is that Joshua Joseph? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to say is that Roman Harrison because I don't think Roman is that type of player. He's really good at what he does, exactly. and that is being that is being an absolute motor running sideline to sideline machine. But, like, do I see Roman – uh, he, he's going to get a couple sacks with effort and bull rushing, but I don't see him whipping a guard. Uh, I mean, whipping a tackle, uh, bending the edge and getting a sack like a Tyler Barron. But then again, I also don't know who I feel like is going to maybe replace that. So then I thought about Amari Thomas and I said, I think Amari's going to be as good as he's been for the past couple of years. I, now he could take a little bit of a step, um, but I think he's going to be solidified and, and a stud. Now, Tyler mm -hmm. Barron, if Tyler Barron can do – what he did in that Pittsburgh game, and he can do that on a more consistent level in bigger games, it is going to pay massive dividends for the for the Tennessee defense and the Tennessee team as a whole. And for himself personally, I think when it comes April of next year and the NFL oh, draft. Yeah. So, you know, I have his stats pulled up. He's played 2020, 2021, 2022. Uh, he's had one sack. He improved to four sacks, and then he had two and a half. Um then he's got TFLs. He had a TFL three. He had three TFLs and he had seven. Then he had six and a half. I would like to see those TFLs get to about double digits. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to say 9 to 11. I think that's really good. If he can get those sack numbers from two and a half last year up to eight or nine, yeah. you know, I, I, I think – because I definitely think he's got the capability. He is not an edge rusher. He's not a, he's not a bender, but he can rush from the edge with his length and with his power. But like I said, when it's third – it's third and eight, you know, it's, it's third and 12, and they know that it's going to be a pass play. Maybe it's yeah. fourth and seven and they move him inside like we've loved over those guards, it, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be a massive, massive issue. And so they, – They got – they have to – Tim Banks has to, as a defensive coordinator, figure out how the offensive linemen slide, what side they pick, if it's weak side of the running back, if it's to the running back. Where to place him. And put Tyler on the other side. Get him in a one-on-one versus a guard, and you're going to have sacks on sacks on sacks. Yeah, yeah. That's what I need. And that's why that's why he's one of my most important players because of two things. I think he his his what he did last year was important, but I and I think we need that again. But I also do feel like that he can take another step. Yeah. And if you take that other step, that that could result in some wins and losses in a whole. Um, okay. So what's your number fourth? It's Joe Milton. Yeah, number four chalk pick Joe Milton. Obviously, quarterback probably most important position in football. Uh, is really going to determine where this team goes based off of what Joe is, which Joe we're going to get. Are we going to get early years Joe? We're going to get Michigan when he first came to Tennessee Joe, inconsistency in the passing. Or are we going to get Clemson Joe, who threw three touchdowns, 67% completion? Like that Joe can get us to another 11 win season. But I, honestly do not know if that's going to be him and the amount of success Hendon Hooker had last year is when you really look at it like wow we were blessed that guy played 10 and a half games because he got injured in the South Carolina game in seven of the games he was over 70 percent completion like that's not normal right like Joe isn't really quite there to just be like 70% on three quarters of the games that he plays. I don't know if he's there yet. So there is going to be a little bit of a difference that we're going to have to get used to because Joe's not Hendon. But if Joe can show me some of that stuff in Clemson, if he can take advantage of those deep balls, Hypo is going to get wide receivers open. He's going to scheme those guys open. He's going to use squirrel white speed, Dante Thornton's speed, or Mel Keaton's built route running ability, Brew McCoy's body to get open. And Joe has to take advantage of that. Not turn over the ball, be smart with everything. And when things present themselves, when you have that open guy, you have to hit him. You have to. That is what he will be judged on the most is here's this golden opportunity for you. Here's this, hey, it could even be in the run game. Here's this read option where the defensive end crashed. What did you do with the ball? Did you hand it to the running back or did you take it yourself and run? Like those decisions, there are the RPOs. You didn't hand it off. You threw it to the bubble outside because you saw the coverage. You saw that there was only one guy out there and you had numbers. Are you doing that? Are you taking advantage of your opportunities? I think that is going to be the key for Joe. I think that will be 
a reason or not a reason to get him off the field for Heupel. Because I'm sure as an offensive coordinator that he has been as a head coach now, but the missed opportunities when he draws something up perfect and they don't take advantage of it probably drives him up a wall. So that is Joe is by far the most important player on this team right now. And especially because Nico is a freshman. And what did I just say about freshmen? I don't care what position they're in. Having them catch up in the mind and experience is a totally different animal. Yeah. He might need some time. I, I, man, I completely agree with you. Um, And and I get where you're coming from. And Joe is going to be a part of the keys to success for the season. Um, The reason he's not, and and listen, he is uh, quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. Yeah. Um, the reason I don't have him is because I, I he's very important, but I feel like this other position and this other person or people is 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 almost more important. Um, I, I just trust Heupel so much, and that's maybe a little bit uh, ignorant of me because um, Nico is a freshman, and and we've seen his talent, but um, I just trust that we're going to get what we get from quarterbacks with Heupel. I mean, I've gone back and looked. And in 2020, we know what he did with Hendon um, the past, uh, what, two years? Yeah, so we, two and a half. Yeah, yeah like two, a half yeah. of 21. Yeah, so we know what he did with Hendon. Dylan Gabriel, I'm not going to read the yardage, but Dylan Gabriel in 2020 was 32-4, and four, touchdowns and interceptions. 2019, Dylan Gabriel was 29-7. and seven. Uh, Mackenzie Milton in 28 – or uh, yeah, 2018, 25 and six. Drew Locke, 44 and 13. I mean, he got Drew Locke drafted. And then, and then before he, he, and then Drew Locke was 23 and 10 before that. And then he improved it. So I'm working my way back. And then at Utah or at Utah State in 2015, a guy named Kent Myers, 16 and three. So the guy knows what he's doing. And I just personally feel like it doesn't really matter who's there. That, that 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 we're going to get the production that we need to win games. Um, it, I see it, what it, you're saying. It, is, it, is, it, is it is it is it is it the production to win games is going to be there? But and I'm going to go to my keys to success for Joe. Yeah. To when you got to win the big game against Bama, Georgia, uh, South Carolina, whatever the case may be. But I really think more important is the right tackle. Do we just forget that Darnell Wright just went top ten in the NFL draft, and we're replacing that? I mean, to 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 be to to go and say, hey, this entire right side we never had to worry about, and then I, you and I both think Mincy and Crawford did a good job at left between them switching back and forth. Yeah, but you you literally never had to worry about the right side of the offensive That's line. That's true. Now we're hearing about John Campbell if he's got left side locked up then that means he's pretty darn good if he came in and knocked those guys out of left tackle and then moved the other two to right tackle. So mm-hmm. whether it's Mincy or Crawford, we have to have some high-level play from them, and I think that is even more important than quarterback play because you can't win football games if, if you don't have a good offensive defensive line. I mean, Darnell Wright was a huge reason we beat Bama last year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, now, huge. And, and so – and the reason I say tackle – 
The reason I say tackle is we feel like it's easier to cover up some issues on the inside. You know, Definitely. I hate I hate that Cooper's out and 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 center is so 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 valuable and important. It looks uh, like, I mean they're pretty positive about it. So I don't think Cooper's going to miss any games. If he misses one or two, okay. Unless yeah. he should be able to handle Virginia and be able to handle Austin P. Austin P. But it's also if you got a guard in there, you know, guard guard's important because it's such a short it's such a short track to the quarterback, mm-hmm. but at guard, you usually always have a, the center helping you, and at center, you usually have both guards that you're bouncing back and forth. So those are important, but if we've got a right tackle issue or a left tackle issue and it's just somebody's coming off the edge and whipping and whipping, it's a little bit more difficult um, to help out because then really yeah. it's like leave a tight end in, leave, let a running back in, and then you're taking those guys away from you know going up in pass coverage. And you know if you got to hold a tight end in to block – on your right tackle, then he doesn't maybe get to get out as fast, which then he doesn't hold the safety or a linebacker to work something up behind it. So yep. it's just kind of a domino effect. And that's why I think right tackle, whether it's Mincy or Crawford, is is one of my top four most important positions or more, most important players. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you completely. At guard, you're, you got bumper cars. You got the center on one side. You got the tackle on the other. You got some, some you know, help on either side you don't feel like you're on the island at tackle you're on the island and it in they can't help you out every time they might try to they might try and give you a tight end they might try and give you a running back but there's gonna be a few plays where they say hey listen it's third down we got five man protection i gotta get my running back out to the field which is to the left you gotta take him on one-on-one at some point you whether whether you got a, a whether you got a tackle that's struggling and like I said, you chip with the tight end, you chip with the running back, you run screens and draws that way yeah. to hold up. I mean, even game planning to, to even game planning to help that individual out, but that is taking away from 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 the overall. We could mm-hmm. be doing this if we didn't have to worry about this. Exactly. Yeah, they didn't have to. They didn't have to do that last year. Not one time. That wasn't a thought process at all. Ever. Ever. Yeah. So I, like, I, you know, I'm with it, you. Yeah, and you know Cooper comes back. We're going to get some good play out of Cooper. If it's not Cooper, easier to 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 put somebody in. Sprags. I kind of feel like we know what we have with Sprags. I'm hoping he does take a step, mm-hmm. um, so that some of his aggression doesn't come back to bite him. But yeah. you know what you're going to get. He's a dog. He, he brings the energy. He brings the hype. He brings the nasty. So it's this year if he can bring that and and not um, you know maybe get whipped one or two times a game like he was last year. Yeah, if, if he, he, if he gets elim- a little overzealous. Right. If, if he if he if he eliminates some of that overzealous, um, if he eliminates those plays that, that gets him beat because he's overzealous, then mm-hmm. he's going to be fantastic. But yeah. uh, anyways, okay, uh, keys to success. What do you got? Yeah, so keys to success, it kind of leans into the four guys that I picked. You know, and I picked Jalen Wright for this side of the ball on, on the offensive side. And the keys to success for this offense is running the football. Last year, we were we averaged five yards a run. Your aiming point for a good offense is four. If you're averaging four or more yards per rush, you are having a lot of success. You you can run it every single time and get first downs. That's that's a measuring tool. So we're at five yards. We were killing it last year. Does that stay the same? Does Joe run the ball as well as Hinden did? Bingo. Exactly. 
do we integrate other guys onto the field that can run the ball? A squirrel white. Do we get him some sweeps? What is added to the running game? What are we looking like in the running game? What does that right guard and that right tackle position look like? Are they helping out with this running game? I truly feel with Joe being the quarterback he is and the unknown that he is, how important the running game is. Do you know how important that running game was versus Vandy last year? Joe was about 52% completion percentage. He was 11 for 21 with 147 yards. But we ran the shit out of the ball. And we had huge touchdowns running the ball. It That is going to be a very important part of this offense. It always is. No one ever thinks that it is, right? The outside people are always assuming it's the passing game. It's the running game. The running game sets up everything. I feel like if we are not able to keep up that above four-yard average, if we're hovering 3.8, the 3.9, you're going to see struggling games. You're going to see us have close games versus opponents we're not supposed to and lose to people we could beat. That will happen. If if we're not above that four-yard, like that's the part where it's like, uh, uh, you know, we, we can lose the Bama game. If we're not productive in our running, we could lose the Texas A&M game if we're not productive in our running. Like I can I don't see think, I don't that. Think, I don't think you should put Bama in there. That's a. I mean, we're going to probably be underdogs going to into Tuscaloosa. But I think maybe you should say we could lose South Carolina. We could lose A&M. We could lose at Florida if that running game's not where it needs to be. Yeah, Florida, uh, Bama, and Georgia are a little bit, uh, you know, on their no, own level. No, no, no. We beat Bama last year. They're they're back to our level, baby. Look at him. Hell no, they don't even know who their damn quarterback is. So, so for me, my, I have two keys to success. Uh, and I this one is one on the defensive side. What's that? I have another one on the defense. Yeah, no, side. yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'll let you, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hit my two and then I'll let you jump back. Number one for me is, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and, and say, you know what, Joe, if we get, we get Orange Bowl Joe. With the throwing, I think we're going to be in good shape. Mm-hmm. But uh, – and Hinden was fabulous, uh, and maybe people do acknowledge this. Maybe I just don't hear it as much. But the runs that that he had at some massively, massively important times, whether they were designed and most – and I'll say most importantly, the ones that aren't designed, that he gets you out of trouble, mm-hmm. that is where Joe is going to take this team from eight or nine wins to 10, 11 wins. Yeah. Um, because I, I have faith that he's going to be able to put the ball in the spot. Now, is he going to be 65 70% like Hendon? No, but if he's, you know, 60s, you know, then, then that's fine. Um, and you're still going to be able to win a lot with that. It, it, it really is. If a guy's on his back and it's third and six, you know, and it's in November and it's against Georgia and, hey, he's a big man, does he brush that off and gets upfield for, for eight yards for a first down? Um, does he – does he does, does Hypo feel comfortable enough to run in on, on, a, on a second and, and 11, second and 13? Hey, can we, run a, can, we, can we run a – what you say? Quarterback draw. All right. That's, yeah, yeah. So well, exactly we said saying. second and thirteen. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's what the that's the play call. Right, right. So it's and he wants to run a quarterback draw so that he can get six, seven yards and have a manageable third down. Yeah, and that's where Hinden was so good last year. Was so good. 
was breaking the sacks, getting out of pocket, getting out of trouble when something did break down from the offensive line, and then on the design runs. And that is – the funny thing is, is Heupel can win without that. But I think with the level of competition that we're playing now, I think you, that is a must to make you go from really good to great or above average to good. And also so with my, the fantastic D lines that are in the SEC. Right, right. And so, so, so offensively, keys to success uh, and dual team success is is Joe's legs um, and, and 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 minimizing turnovers, which, which I think he will. Mm-hmm. I, I think he won't have a ton of picks, but also the turnovers on down, or uh, you know whether it's holding the ball too long or not letting one rip, and it's you know or 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 getting two or three yards here and there. It's just all that stuff is so important. Yeah, it, the offense looks beautiful when it's running, but it's all these little things that make it look beautiful. And once those little things stop, people are gonna be like, "Hey, this doesn't look the same." And so my lastly, my key to success defensively is is fourth down and turnovers um they're going to give up yards again but if you can if you can get off the field on on third and fourth down yeah. and if you can cause turnovers and negative plays like they've been doing i don't really care what the yardage says for games i don't care what they do between the 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 20s and 20s like that listen get give get 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 on the defense all you want but go watch that pit game how many times they they bowed their necks go watch some of the other big games where they made stops when they needed it. And, yeah. and that's that's going to continue to be the key to success. And for me, success is, like I said at the beginning of the pod, it's it's 9-10 wins. That's a great season, in my opinion. Um, and I think you do, those, right with you. you do those things that we've said, you're going to get 9 or 10 wins probably fairly easy. And then if you if you exceed, then you can get back to an 11-win year. Uh, yeah. that, you know. I'm right there with you. I, I, I think – I think 11 wins is possible. I think the Georgia game is the big one. That's like, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, obviously, I think I think anybody can win on any given day. So I I I think 12 is possible. A 12 win season going, you know, being 12 and 0 at the end of a regular season, I think it is possible. I think the easier Bro, it's path. So, it's so funny because like we both hold ourselves as players, but I I still look at it more of like I'm a very optimistic person. Yeah, but I'm I'm being optimistic, saying like, "Hey, I think we get to ten wins," and you're like, "Oh, I think we can go 12. <laughs> well, th- no, but here's that's, the thing. that's and it, I don't mean that's I don't think that's you being like a sheep. I think that's like, "Hey, I'm gonna strap it up, and I'm coming to win." Like that's how you, you like. That's how you go into all of them. But I say it in the same way that it is possible I win the lottery tomorrow. It's not likely, but it's possible. So <laughs> it is possible we win twelve games, but it, I wouldn't say it's the most likely outcome. Um, so I would be happy with another 10 win regular season going to a good bowl. I would even be happy with a nine win regular season. It, it would, it would suck the fact that we would lose three games because I don't see a third one that we should be losing. Um, but it's still, Oh, here is another year of success under high pole. That right. still a successful season. We're still hey. in the top of the sec East. Even if it's nine or ten wins and it's not eleven, this the trajectory is still this. Exactly. Exactly. You, you know, so and and to parlay off of yours, it's pretty much the exact same for my other key to success. I literally just wrote down get off the field. 
defense, get off the field. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if it's third down and you're getting sacks. I don't care if it's fourth down. Maybe you're having to miss a field goal. I don't care if it's a turnover. Get off the field. Give the ball back to the offense. That's what's going to win us games. Have our offense on the field more than their offense. So anything that we can do, yes, we can might give up yards. Yes, that might happen. But if it's a missed field goal at the end, then I'm happy. I could care less if they gave up 80 yards. So getting off the field on defense, and it kind of harps back to, you know, my Tyler Barron take or, you know, what we talked about in the D line. It's like, can we get pressure with four? Do, you know, can we, if it's third and long, can we get four rushers just to rush and get pressure on that quarterback? Do we have to blitz all the time? What are our, our Best middle linebacker shouldn't be the second guy on the team in sacks. That's what I'm saying. A pride as a defensive lineman should say, no, I don't want a damn linebacker beating me in sacks, right? Not even, a, not even a stand-up outside guy. No, exactly. Like, if Joshua Josephs at the end of the year is losing in sacks to Aaron Beasley, there's an issue, right? <laughs> like, Joshua should be like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So – if the defense just forces the offense off the just somehow get them get off the field, get the ball back to our offense, we are going to be a very good team. Yeah. So that's that, that's all I need. Love it, love it. Good pod. I think this is a different take than uh, than hopefully others will get elsewhere. Please let us know. Uh, hit us up in the comments. Uh, matter of fact, I'm about to go respond to some of them now. There was uh, there was one on YouTube that said. The guy clicked and he goes, I clicked and I immediately was hoping the other guy wasn't on there referring to me. So I got to respond back. Sorry, man. I apologize. I'm still here. Sorry. Could, could help it. My bad. Yeah. I guess oh, he could God. just skip through when he sees me talking and then just listen to you. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Reed. All right, brother. Be good. All right, man. See ya. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like and subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Leave comments like Reed said. If you're just listening, rate and review. Download and re-download. Uh, and follow us on all those listening platforms. Also follow us on social media at Pancakes and Bacon for our main account on Twitter. At Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. If you want to follow Reed, his main account is at rbacon26 on Twitter. Uh, it is at Kyler Curvison for myself on all social media, so you can follow me there. Uh, but super excited for this season to start. Thank you guys so much for all your support. Can't wait to, to get into the season, start breaking down some, some game tape. Uh, but uh, as always, go Vols. <laughs>